It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Introducing Built to Last, a new podcast by American Express. I'm Elaine Welteroff, and I'm excited to host the debut season where we will be deep diving into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Through these important conversations, we'll hear how the Black business leaders of our past have inspired today's Black-owned small businesses and communities. Join us for the debut season of Built to Last on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm James Erpine, and welcome in to the Locked on Bengals podcast. A lot to get to today, including my conversation with Jim Osarski, Cincinnati.com. You'll hear that in a matter of minutes. And I caught up with Tyler Eifert yesterday in the Bengals locker room. You'll hear that conversation, too, in about two minutes on the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you're new to the podcast, well, welcome in. I'm James Erpine. I cover the Bengals for ESPN 1530 and 700 WLW. And we do this podcast every single weekday. It's Monday through Friday. You can subscribe on iTunes, the IR Radio app, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Also, every single podcast posted at LockedOnBengals.com. You should go there now. There's a ton, including my interview with John Ross, interview with Cordy Glenn. Russ Heltman writes about Bill Lazor. We look at William Jackson III. There's articles. There's all sorts of stuff. My guy Andrew Dunn has a year in the life of the Bengals. That series continues. He's up to the year 2002. I bet 2003 is going to drop shortly, but uh, a lot to get to today. And, and let's start by talking about Tyler Eifert because Tyler Eifert's a guy that it's funny, we, we went to John Ross yesterday, and that's the interview we had. And then today, Tyler Eifert, in the middle we have Cordy Glenn. If the Bengals are going to be successful, all three of those guys who have dealt with injuries probably need to be healthy in 2018. John Ross is so important. Tyler Eifert, so important in the red zone. Cordy Glenn, so important. And all three are dealing with injuries or have dealt with injuries over the past 12 months. Here's my conversation with Tyler Eifert where I started off by asking him about his health. Oh, I'm feeling good. Um, you know, excited to be back out there with the guys running around, helmets on. Um, that was a fun fun first day. As far as uh, this offseason, I think a lot of fans were worried, concerned that maybe you would end up elsewhere, obviously being a free agent. Is it exciting to be back here? And it's, it's something you know, but it's also new with the new offense? Yeah, I mean, this is... This is where I wanted to be. I wanted to come back here and was happy that uh, that I had the opportunity to do so. Um, it's definitely a different, you know, completely different terminology with the offense and everything. So uh, had to work a little bit, had to take the playbook home for the first time in a while. Um, but it's been good. I remember, I think back to training camp last year, and you were asked about the offense and the potential it had. And you said how it was on paper. And obviously things didn't go the way you planned last year. Looking at the, the 2018 team, just this roster on paper, does it feel different? Does it feel improved from what it was last year? Yeah, I think once again we have a lot of really good players, a lot of explosive players and guys that can make plays. So um, we brought in some new coaches. And, you know, if we can just kind of put it all together, uh, get this thing going again, it'll be, a, be a tough offense to stop, I think. How do you think your role is going to be in this new offense versus what we've seen, obviously, in 2015 when you had a career season? Uh, I mean, I don't think it'll it'll be much different. I mean, 
catch passes, catch touchdowns, <laughs> move the ball up and down the field and, and score points. That's always, you know, that's the goal. As far as health-wise, obviously you've had some injuries. Was there ever a moment where you've doubted yourself, where you've had doubt or concerns that you wouldn't be able to regain that form? I think anytime you go through a rehab process, you sometimes, you know, you have those bad days where it's like, am I ever going to get better? But, um, you know, you just keep keep plugging along, and then the um, the progress slowly, slowly comes. But, uh, yeah, there's always some – not that I was doubted in that – I would ever be healthy, but it just never goes as fast as you would like. In the Bengals' locker room with Tyler Eifert, just a few more questions. Let's get to the fun stuff. What uh, what have you done that's fun this offseason? Nothing too crazy. I went uh, I went down to Florida near Okeechobee and did some did some hunting. Shot a turkey, shot a gator, uh, and some hogs. Um, I don't know. You like hunting? You hunt a lot, don't you? Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. I enjoy it. Normally, I do a you know out of the country trip, but with free agency and stuff like that, I. I couldn't commit to anything because I didn't know when I was going to need to be where. Yeah, I got you. So hunting and anything else this offseason that, that's different, new, that maybe fans would want to hear? <laughs> Not really. Uh... <laughs> Unlimited focus. You've been so focused on 2018. <laughs> no, not not like that. Not, I mean, just normal normal stuff. Traveling yeah. around. Been in Florida a little bit. Gotcha. Uh, I got a boat down there, so that that's a lot of fun. Do some fishing. Um, yeah. Fishing, hunting. Which one do you prefer? If you have to pick one. Um, hunting, uh, hunting for sure. Hunting whitetail is like my my all time favorite. But uh, getting out, shooting the bow. That's always it's always a good time. I've never hunted. If I decide to, what's what's advice for me if I decided to go hunting, if I got asked to go hunting at some point? Uh, it's hunting, not killing, you know. It's yeah. a lot of guys in the locker room ask me to take them out and they think you just go out one time and you shoot something. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of preparation that goes into it, a lot of scouting, a lot of setting up stands and blinds and checking trail cameras and putting in food plots and all this other stuff and you might go a full season and sit three hours every night. For uh, for sixty days and never never shoot anything, but uh, that's what makes it that's what makes it fun to me is just the hunt, you know, the uh, the chase. So it takes patience. Yeah, it takes patience. It's good, you know, it's the lives that we live, and especially always in the spotlight. You know, it's for me. I enjoy getting away, getting away, just kind of out there by myself and just uh, you know doing my thing. Tyler, I appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you. That's Bengals tight end Tyler Eifert. And in the background there, there was that shh. That's the showers of the locker room. Just so you know, his, his locker, it's his locker, and then there's the bathroom and the showers, like, directly behind it, um, the, the entrance to that. So that's why you heard all the, the water in the background. That isn't the audio quality. It's shh. That's water. Or maybe I need a, a new recording device. I'm going to put a GoFundMe together at LockedOnBengals.com and you can get me a new recording device. But secretly what I'm going to do is use that money to get the John Ross jersey. (laughs) We'll be back with more next on the Locked On Bengals podcast. This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car. That's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car 
that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? No, nah, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with my bookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit match halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. Support for this podcast comes from The First One with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is The First One. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win, and the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win. And so much more who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go. We want the best of both worlds. We want a hybrid. A smarter hybrid cloud approach with IBM helps retailers manage supply chains with Watson AI while predicting demands with ease. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. I caught up with Jim Osarski of Cincinnati.com earlier today. And I asked Jim, he just did a feature on Bill Lazor. And I asked Jim about Bill Lazor. And in the, the crux of the piece is all of 
Bill's experience in the league and learning from it. At least that was my biggest takeaway. So I asked Jim about Bill's experience, the good, the bad, and the in-between, and how it's impacting him now as he's officially the Bengals' offensive coordinator. Here's what Jim had to say. Yeah, you know, and, and we, we kind of got into this a little bit a year ago, you know, when he was promoted after, after week two in the season of like, wow, okay, who is this guy? What's his background? Because really, you know, when he came to Cincinnati in 16 as the quarterback's coach, you know, it's a position coach. You're not really diving into sort of the background there, and you sort of realize, okay, last year all of his influences dating back to uh, Dan Reeves uh, with Atlanta, and it, what's Dan Reeves known for? I mean, it, three Super Bowls in Denver. Yes, John Elway was there, but it was a running team, a vertical passing team, play action. Joe Gibbs in Washington, three Super Bowls. What was that based on? Physical up-front line play, uh, a, a, a creative run-blocking scheme, um, and then obviously uh, West Coast and Mike, Mike Holmgren. What's that about? Timing, passing, and, and then we go to Chip Kelly's offense, which was tempo, but also a running game. So really, James, that, that's in a nutshell a, a long multiple decade coaching career, but that's like every sort of tree of NFL offense, Bill Lazor has learned some of those branches and what does that mean for Cincinnati? That's what everyone wants to know, right? Mm-hmm. What does that mean for Andy Dalton and this offense in 2018? I think what's interesting is of all those coaches, and I spoke to Reeves and Gibbs and, and Joe Philbin, who we work for in Miami, um, they basically all said, we, we can't tell you. We don't know. And, and, and the reason that is, is is because they said all of those things, Bill is, is creative enough to tailor the best of those offenses or what he feels is the best of those offenses to work for Andy Dalton. And, and, I, and I say the quarterback because it starts there. But it's also with Frank Pollock and that offensive line and Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard and their skills as running backs because he has such a varied history. Like, you can't put him in a box. Mm. And it's kind of frustrating, I guess, if you're a Bengals fan, you're like, wow, this offense was the last in the league in 2017. Um, but he was trying to make that work under an old playbook. Now this is his own thing, and I don't think we'll really know what that is until we see them on the field that first preseason game. Jim Osarski, Cincinnati.com, is our guest today. And it's interesting because it, it is unknown. I'm optimistic at the same time I've gotten this, and I understand where fans are coming from, where they, they look back at last year. And I know you mentioned right. the old playbook, but they say this team, they couldn't find a way to get the ball to, to Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard consistently, and now they're supposed to mix in Tyler Eifert and John Ross and all these other weapons. What would you say to a, a fan who would say that? First of all, they're not wrong. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, they were la- they were last. I mean, this, this offense was terrible even after week three. I mean, it was better. It got better in terms of points scored and, and you know later in the year. Um, you know, the run game did improve. I think over the last six weeks, you know, they were averaging under five yards of carry and got some of the the numbers you would like to see. I guess. Um, uh, and Bill Lazor admitted that. You know, in the piece Suzanne dot com, he's like, look, I, I, it wasn't good. Um, so things have to change, um, you, you know, and I think that's what what you. I guess you have to take it on faith, if you will, um, that it will be better. I mean, I, but I, I will say this: um, you know, the offensive line, you know, presuming health across the board. I mean, you got a new left tackle, you've got a new center. 
uh, and you know who's playing left guard. Yeah, right. The right side needs to be sorted out, James. But I would think when your quarterback's been sacked 81 times the last two years with over 100 hits on him, you would think it can't be worse than that. I guess it could, but you think these improvements, I mean, even just adding that, would, would you would be better, right? You have a new coach for a reason on that on that position group. So, um, I mean, I guess that's that's why Frank Pollock and Bill Lazor are here, and Alex Van Pelt and Bob McNell and, and these new guys on offense um, to make those position groups better. Um, and, and you know, I guess it's to be seen, though. You know, I, I again, it was bad last year. Um, I think everyone's admitting that the team did, and that they made these changes. So, I guess. That's the hard part of sports in that way, right, James? you got to wait to see. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And and that's where I am with Frank Pollock because I hear from the players. I hear from other coaches. I hear from the organization that things are different and the mentality is different and the philosophy is different, and yet I'm still wondering if it's going to be what we've seen the past couple years. Even with the uh, additions, I mean – Let's let's time back like five years ago, Jim. Paul Alexander, no one was saying he was a bad offensive line coach, you know? Right. And now it's right. like, oh, this new offensive line coach is going to fix things. So I'm uh, among many who are optimistic and hopeful, but at the same time wondering if it's actually going to turn things around. Yeah, and, and, you know, there's obviously a talent issue there. Um, sure. You know, they, they, they made the trade for Cordy Glenn for a reason. You know, they, they made uh, the move to draft Billy Price in the first round for a reason. So now while you know, maybe people can look at that collection of guys battling it out for right guard and right tackle um, as maybe an issue, but that's clearly where the team feels, okay, the talent's there, this is where coaching can help or scheme can help. Or maybe you know, the, the collection of, of tailoring an offense and a blocking system to the talent we have will ha- yield a better result. Uh, but you're right, you know, especially offensive line, uh, you know, even training camp's going to be hard to tell because a Geno Atkins makes everyone look bad, and then b um, it, it's you don't hit anyone, and even if you're hitting, you're not hitting your own guys at a certain yeah. level. So it, that's just, that is the hard part of of this particular team because there is such an emphasis on the offensive line and the run game and the protections. Well, really, the way it's set up. Um, under the CBA and practices, it is. It's that first preseason game. And what is that? That's going to be a series, you know, maybe two. Um, and then, you know, so that that's kind of the, the – although I will say this, and for the fans who come out there during training camp and, and us media types who are there all day, we were able to – we kind of knew <laughs> in camp last year yeah. that there might be some issues. No doubt. But I will say that at least, um, you know – in this year's camp, we'll, I, we know what that looks like. We know what 15 looked like. So maybe there, there can be some, you know, some judgments made at least early just based on, on you know, uh, this new system and, and the new coaches and, and obviously the new players. Follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Osarski. Also uh, check out his work, Cincinnati.com. Jim Osarski of the Cincinnati Enquirer with us right now on ESPN 1530. And as far as the the offense goes, I can't switch the page or turn the page or flip the page without mentioning John Ross. I saw you talking to him yesterday in the locker room. I did as well. What were your impressions, uh, I'll say, of John Ross now versus what you saw from him in the locker room, just locker room-wise last year? 
Yeah, well, just the fact that he had a smile on his face um, and was able to talk about catching passes. I I mean, you know, look, last year obviously was a disappointment on a lot of levels, not just for him personally, but the team and and all that stuff. But, you know, if you remember, he couldn't physically do any of this, what what we – what we saw yesterday or and what he's doing today, running routes and catching passes like that. I mean, he didn't do that up until what, almost the third preseason game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those couple weeks or that week before, I mean, uh, so he's already ahead of the curve in terms of that. Uh, but yeah, I think by the end of last year, it was just such a, you know, confluence of injuries and confidence and, not a lot of snaps and not playing well in those few snaps. So just uh, just the fact that he was out there healthy, doing everything that was asked of him, um, and then being thrown the ball uh, and, and working within the scheme of this new offense, James, I think just the fact that uh, you, know, you, you had a happy guy in there, you know what I mean, or at least a happier guy. And, hey, look, you know, you, you, you want to be happy in what you're doing. Uh, this is his profession. And, and, you know, if, if that's where he's starting at uh, in 2018, uh, that's definitely a good thing for him and the Bengals. And as far as, as Ross goes in, in yesterday's OTAs, it obviously is just day one of OTAs. Did he play? Did he get to play with the first team, do you know? Were you there or anything like that? Uh, I, yeah, I was out there. You know, there are media rules that we're not allowed to report on uh, formations or who's starting where or when. Uh, but what I, what I, I can say is, is – uh, he, they, they did line him up kind of in, in sort of every spot. I mean, like in their seven on seven, three on threes, if you will. Um, he was running multiple routes uh, it, it, from all the way down the field through your sh- kind of short intermediary type stuff. Contested catches, it's, it's quote unquote non contact. But let's be honest, these are grown men who are competing, so there is contact at the point. And, and he, he had some strength. I mean, he won some contested catches, had a couple drops. Um, but again, I, I think just the fact that he was doing these things full speed, full go, being competitive, again, these are things we just didn't see at all last year. I mean, it, it just because he wasn't allowed to. So I, I will say just that fact alone, uh, again, has to be a positive. Jim Osarski, Cincinnati.com with us. Carlos Dunlap, not there uh, for OTAs, do you think it has to do with this contract? I, I would assume it has to do with this contract. I don't blame him, uh, but but I certainly have to ask you about Dunlap. I, yeah, no, I, I mean, Carlos hasn't spoken to anyone about it, so uh, that would be a presumption, but he is, I mean, the facts are he is in a contract year um, and, and no doubt would like to be compensated beyond 2018 by the Bengals. So what is your only leverage? It's to withhold services or to at least um, – Look, these are voluntary. No player has to be there. Um, so, why, you know, yeah. why, why, come, why come in <laughs> if you've got other things to do? Um, team really can't say anything about it because it is a voluntary situation. I think the real thing, James, will be does he not come next week, the week after, which are also voluntary team activities, and then, you know, in, in mid-June where there's a mandatory three-day, is he there for that? Uh, is that his first appearance? Uh, then maybe we'll talk to Carlos then, if, or if he chooses to skip that, and the team can actually levy a fine because it is mandatory. Uh, now you're di- entering a different thing. So I think you're right. Um, it's safe to assume you look around the league. Uh, guys who are missing OTAs have 
pretty much said it's all contract related. I, I think you could probably put it in that boat, but as of now, Carlos is uh, staying silent about it. Jim, where are they at, and what do you know about contract extensions? Obviously, Dunlap is one, but the other one is Geno Atkins, both in contract years. Is that something the Bengals are still looking to get done? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, and on, I guess on a lower tier, if you will, in terms of total dollars, you've got Darquez Denard playing under a fifth-year option. Will be a free agent. Uh, Tyler Croft uh, will be a free agent. Uh, those guys kind of fit the mold of you know, players that this team has tried to get extended before a season. But Gino is clearly the, the high-dollar player here. Um, obviously, Carlos Dunlap fits into that mold, too. Um, the, the, the Atkins thing is interesting because, you know, Aaron Donald um, also playing under 50 option in Los Angeles, reigning defensive player of the year. Uh, he's widely considered the best defensive tackle. He's younger than Atkins. Um, I, you know, you know how agents play this game. You know, the, the, the first guy to sign might hit a number, but then the next one always surpasses that. Mm-hmm. So is, there, is there some gamesmanship there um, or, or curious what will happen with a guy of a similar position? Um, that's something to keep in mind. But the Bengals typically really dive into this. I'm sure talks have happened, but it's usually in through July through August. They have an artificial team deadline of the first week of the regular season. A.J. Green, people remember back in 2015, they were getting on the bus to go to Oakland, and then that's when it was done. (laughs) So um, there's a long time yet uh, as this goes. But, yeah, you're right. Geno Atkins, I think, is priority number one for this team this offseason. He's Jim Osarski. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Jim Osarski. Check out his work, including his feature on Bill Lazor at Cincinnati.com. Jim? As always, man, I appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Anytime. Thanks. Good stuff from Jim Osarski, Cincinnati.com. This has been fun. Look, you heard from Tyler Eifert, heard from Jim Osarski, got your uh, John Ross fix yesterday. I got mine yesterday, that's for sure. If you missed it, I caught up with John Ross on the program yesterday. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, the iHeartRadio app, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever You get your podcast. We started that music way too high. I'm James Erpine. Great to be with you today. I'm going to be writing about John Ross. In fact, I've already started writing it. There's going to be a piece on LockedOnBengals.com shortly about Ross. I hope you read it. I'll tweet it out at James Erpine at LockedOnBengals until tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. By the way, I uh, want to give a shout out real quick. And I don't always do this. I don't do it a lot, really. I don't know. When's the last time I did a shout-out? I couldn't even tell you. But Russ Helpman is one of our writers at LockedOnBengals.com. He's a uh, just finished his junior year at OU. And he reached out to me, and he writes for LockedOnBengals.com. But uh, he sat in on my show today on ESPN 1530. And uh, so you, you read Russ at LockedOnBengals.com. It was good to meet him in person. And uh, right now he wrote about, we talked about Bill Lazor with uh, Jim Osarski. Russ wrote about Bill Lazor. You should check that out at LockedOnBengals.com. Shout out to him. Uh, Until tomorrow, thank you so much for listening. By the way, Joe Goodberry on the program Friday. How about that? Joe Goodberry Friday. Until next time, I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals Podcast. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? 
Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.